It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Every day. All right, this is the Locked on Redskins podcast. Good to have you guys with us. Hope you guys enjoyed a crossover Wednesday edition. Locked on Redskins, Locked on Packers with Peter Bukowski. Lots of good information there. I was at Redskins Park on Wednesday uh, in Bill Callahan's press conference, Dwayne Haskins' press conference. You're going to hear that as well at the practice field. Bumped into a bunch of important people working on some things, getting some intel, some information for now, we will hold our cards tight to the vest. We'll see what happens. But let's get you the injury report because we're going to have a quick turnaround to Bill Callahan to get everything in in time. Trey Quinn and Paul Richardson Jr. both did not practice on Wednesday, kind of as expected. Uh, and as a result, the Redskins have signed Jordan Vesey, a practice squad wide receiver. But he might not be on the practice squad for very long because of, again, the need at wide receiver it seems likely that both Richardson uh, and Quinn are at least questionable for Sunday and possibly both out. And if that's the case, the Redskins will need a receiver and they could promote a guy who they just signed to the practice squad on Wednesday on Saturday afternoon. Now, why that name is important is because he was one of Colin Kaepernick's receivers that worked out with Kaepernick uh, in Atlanta a couple of weeks ago, and Richard Mann II, the Redskins' top pro scout uh, beyond Alex Santos, who's their director of pro scouting, but their top pro scout in-house, Richard Mann, was one of seven teams that were at, and seven scouts, uh, that were at the second workout location. So he trailed and not only saw Colin Kaepernick, but saw Jordan Vesey as well, uh, who has worked out with another team. I believe he said the Cleveland Browns before getting signed by the Washington Redskins. So something good came out of that, certainly besides all the media hubbub and controversy, the Redskins may have gotten themselves a wide receiver. So Paul Richardson, Trey Quinn not participating on Wednesday, but some good news as Ryan Kerrigan was listed as a full participant. He is out of concussion protocol, Bill Callahan said, in a rare admission of injury designation. Um, We thought initially he might be limited, but he is listed officially as full, which is really good news for him. Montez Sweat, who is dealing with that quad, had to come out of the win early. He was limited, but good sign that he was back uh, back on the practice field. Same thing for Morgan Moses, dealing with the back injury. He was limited. Ryan Anderson, who was ejected with um, that late hit, or that uh, helmet-to-helmet hit, I should say. He's dealing with a shoulder. He was limited. So was Brandon Sheriff's shoulder, and he was, again, limited. Other guys that were full go... Uh, but listed Cole Holcomb, Monte Nicholson, Adrian Peterson, and Chris Thompson for the Washington Redskins. All right, coming up next, Bill Callahan from Redskins Park. Good to have you guys with us. This 
is the Locked On Redskins podcast. I am your host, Chris Russell. As always, make sure you follow at Locked Redskins, at Locked Redskins, for all sorts of information, story links, video links, all sorts of good coverage about your favorite football team. And don't forget to follow at Locked On NFL Net, at Locked On NFL Net. NFL news team and information. And by the way, guys, Away creates thoughtful products designed to change how you see the world. For $20 off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com slash locked on and use the promo code locked on during checkout. Listening on the go? If you can't visit Away right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On Sponsors at lockedonpodcast.com slash offers. That's awaytravel.com slash locked on. Use the promo code locked on or lockedonpodcast.com slash offers to see this and every other offer right here on the Locked On Redskins podcast. Good to have you with us. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Redskins podcast. Let's go right out to Redskins Park Wednesday afternoon. Bill Callahan after the first main practice of the week in which he got Ryan Kerrigan back as well. He also got Montez Sweat and Morgan Moses, at least on a limited basis, back in order to work for the Green Bay Packers this Sunday at Lambeau Field. Hey, Bill, uh, trying to get these guys ready for Green Bay this week. You've talked so much about how practice mirrors game time. What do you do defensively to prepare for Aaron Rodgers and, and his tendency to go fast when defenses aren't looking for it? Uh, we discussed that uh, in depth pretty much uh, yesterday and today, this morning. but. You know, I think that Case Keenum has done a great job just giving us the look. Uh, a lot of that goes into the cadence that Aaron uses and, you know, whether it's on a speed break, whether it's uh, on the quick, whether it's uh, more delayed and more uh, voice inflection with his cadence, you know, to draw you off sides. I think he uses the, uh, the whole repertoire of cadences you know, that, that are at his disposal. So. We try to mirror that and we try to show as many deep balls and shots and movements and things of that nature as possible. You know, you only get so many reps during the course of practice. So we try to spread those out with the things that we're anticipating to see on, a, on an early down like we did today. And then just one more. Uh, Kerrigan out of concussion protocol now? Yes, he is. Thank you. Um, with how, what have you seen from Preston Smith on film and just how are they kind of using him? Are they using him similar to how they use it here or is it completely different? He's playing both sides, you know, right and left, and uh, they're varying his alignment a little bit, and they're using him a little bit more, giving him a little bit more freedom. It looks like, you know, uh, to take the inside rush move if it's, if it's there. He's uh, using his hands really well. You know, he's gotten better, and I think um, you know, we have a lot of respect for Preston, and uh, you know, we liked him, and a lot of teams really liked him coming into free agency. But he's gotten better. I mean, we knew, you know, all along he's got the talent, you know, to be a dominant player in the league. Uh, he's shown that and demonstrated it, and uh, yeah, he'll be a challenge for us. He was a challenge for us every day of practice, so I'm certain he'll be a challenge for us on Sunday. 
Bill, it seems like Darius really has a great tempo when he's running. He hits the holes when they're there, um, and you see a lot of running backs struggle with that. Holes there, it's gone by the time they get through the line. How important is that to uh, running back success, and how teachable is that or as opposed to an innate trait that maybe a guy like Darius has? For a running back, decisiveness and the ability to explode through the cut is 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 critical. Uh, I think Darius has done a great job, you know, defining his cuts. So when the read's there, he's made the correct read, and then he's very decisive, very explosive. He's fast too, fast through the hole. So that is something we emphasize, and I think he's done a really good job in his growth and his maturity as a runner, understanding scheme and understanding, obviously, where his primary read's at, where secondary cut could lie. So um, I'm impressed with his kind of his depth of knowledge and his range of how far he's come, you know, in the two years. Uh, even though he hasn't seen a lot of the field, I know he spent a lot of time with Coach Jordan in the classroom, just studying the variety of runs that are in our package, but in other people's packages, or looked at other runners, study other runners, and they're kind of like their uh, their style and their reads and the way that they obviously cut up the ball or cut off the ball. Bill, containing uh, Rodgers is always goal number one, but they've really gotten their run game this going this year with Aaron Jones. What stood out? What has stood out to you about how they're running the ball this year? Yeah, I'm really impressed with their running game, and I think it it always uh, lends itself to take a, a lesser burden off the quarterback. And uh, when then you then you mix in the run action and the movement action that they have, uh, they're pretty much like what they what they're doing in L.A. Kind of what we did here under Sean. Uh, there's a lot of lot of that type of offense, kind of the wide zone, uh, Shanahan type offense that they're featuring, and uh, I think they've done a terrific job with it. And then Aaron Jones is a huge part of it, uh, not only in the inside run but getting on the perimeter. And uh, probably what impresses me most most about him is his growth as a receiver, whether it's in the checkdown game, or whether he's out distributed on a route or in the screen game. So that, that's really what jumps off the film for me when I watch his game. But he is really an outstanding player. Great challenge for us. Um, notice Case is still the captain, even though he's no longer the starting quarterback. Mm -hmm. What's the symbolism of that for you and, and what he's brought to the team over these past few weeks? Yeah, I think, you know, uh, when, you're, when you're handling the role that he's in right now, it just speaks to his character. Uh, he's a competitive guy. You know, players still follow him. It's still, you know, they believe in them. So whatever happens, happens. But um, I think it's it's tough on a quarterback, you know, being in the, being a veteran uh, over the years, and then obviously being the situation he's in right now. But I think he's handled it really well as a pro, and prepares just as hard, if not harder. He's upstairs early on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, uh, preparing for a game like he was going to start, and that's what you want. So. I think his example has been phenomenal for young for the quarterbacks and for the offense in general to follow. And uh, you know he's got that likability about him that the guys you know enjoy around, like being around him and following him as well. Bill, correct me if I'm wrong. I was outside and I thought I heard uh, crowd noise. You guys were maybe trying to simulate crowd noise. Was that yeah. accurate? You guys were. Yeah, um, yeah. We have crowd noise anytime we're preparing on the road. Okay, um, with Lambeau Field, it has this sort of mysticism to it. You've said that you feel like the things you've had the team doing in practices mm -hmm. have been starting to come and be seen on, um, on game days. Um, how can you help a team in a situation like that where Lambeau Field is a little bit of a different animal, a um, little different than a lot of other away venues? Yeah, no, sir. Yeah, no question. Um, you do the best you can in, in, in your environment that you can create in practice, and then you try to bring that to the game. Uh, it's still, you know, 22 players on the field. 
you know, the focus, concentration, energy, those aspects are, are still critical in, in any game, no matter where you play. Uh, but Lambeau is a, it's a great place to play. It's got great tradition. Uh, I respect it. You know, I coached at the University of Wisconsin for five years and had an opportunity to go up there quite often. And uh, yeah, it's a great place. And uh, it's a great place to play a football game. Um, I know for, from a player's perspective, you try to give them as much knowledge and information as you can about the environment that they're about ready to get into. And that's what we've done over the last, uh, last 24 hours, just get them mentally prepared you know, for, the, for the environment and for the conditions and for whatever could possibly happen. What growth have you seen from Nate Orchard now that he's been for the team with the team for a whole week? And uh, what do you anticipate uh, his role to be moving forward? Yeah, uh, his growth has been uh, extraordinary for one week, right? Uh, but no, he can he continues to um, impress us, you know, just based on what he did in in Sunday's game. We had an opportunity to show that to the team, the plays that he made. They were impactful plays, and. Uh, if he continues that, you know, obviously we're always rolling players and rotating them. And to come off the bench and give us the pass rush, you know, as a pickup to make a hit on a QB or pressure or a possible sack, uh, that's always a huge aspect. But uh, what he did on the goal line, you know, on the, on the second down play, like I mentioned to you the other day, was uh, absolutely phenomenal to come off come off the guard, shed the guard, and make the play on McCaffrey as he was bouncing the ball outside. If we don't make that play, he scores, you know, and then who knows what happens. But the play that he made, you know, put him in a, in a minus yardage play. And uh, to his credit, you know, to come in and not only learn the end position, but then to be kicked down over the guard in the running game and to make a, and make a move like he did was really, really exceptional. Coach, we were talking earlier with Dwayne about some of the sacks that he's taken, quite a few over the past few games and since he's been in. What conversations do you have with him on maybe how to avoid some of those, when to run, when to get the ball out, um, and those decisions that he has to make? Well, I, I think sacks are a responsibility of everyone. You know, uh, it's not totally the quarterback. It's not totally, totally the uh, offensive line. Uh, it kind of spreads out and around. Could, could be the tight ends. I think uh, Montez Sweat had two sacks on on Greg Olson on Sunday, you know, got matched up on a tight end, took advantage of that matchup. And then, uh, you know, for us, you know, we missed a couple of protections, you know, from, uh, from a running back's perspective. And from a quarterback's perspective, you know, that could be, uh, you know, maybe a scheme issue, you know, where he's not certain, you know, where the pressure's coming from and doesn't uh, swing the protection towards the pressure or he's holding the ball too late. I think those are some of the things, you know, that all quarterbacks go through. Uh, specifically for Dwayne, I think that you know he's he's very cognizant of what's around him and how he has to. He's got that time clock in his head where he's got to get the ball off and he's got to get it out, and you know he's got confidence in his line as well. So sometimes he'll hold it maybe a little bit too long, and sometimes you know he'll be a little bit too quick to pull the trigger and, and begin to scramble like we saw on Sunday. So I think there's a fine line there, and I think he's growing through that and he's learning through that. So, you know, sacks at this, at this point, you know, they're, they're going to happen at times. We understand that. We're trying to provide him with as much protection, with as much arsenal, you know, at his disposal and at the line's disposal, disposal, disposal to uh, correct all those issues. Bill, you guys have had some adventures in the screen game since Dwayne took over. What are the challenges for a quarterback? It seems like a simple play, but obviously it's not. you got guys coming at you. Running mm -hmm. back can be hard to find sometimes. What are, what are some of the challenges for a quarterback to mm -hmm. properly execute a screen? Because they are potential big plays in your offense. Right. 
Um, we, we've had success against uh, Detroit, I want to say, with, with guys taking a long screen uh, down the right sideline. And then uh, we didn't have success on the one red zone screen we had called uh, on Sunday's game. Uh, I think what happens a lot of times is that you're trying to look off and you're trying to bluff a backer you know, with your read or you're, you're pumping to pull a linebacker in coverage. And, and then when your eyes come back and they get reset, you can obviously lose you know, a potential to a screening back or tight end you know, on that particular play. So I think that's a you know, growth process thing as well. But you know, Sunday's play was interesting because he got a little bit too much pressure on his left. So the timing uh, and the phasing of the line was a little bit too quick. So the pressure got on him. It forced him you know, to look quickly to where we were directing the screen. And it created, obviously, a, a, a difficult throw, a bad throw in that respect. I think he'd love to have that back. We would love to have that back and had the, the line clean it up a little bit better so that he could be more decisive and have a cleaner throw out to the screen line. He also had one where he grounded it. it the, the play wasn't there. I think mm -hmm. it was to Darius. He couldn't quite get loose. Right. Um, and there's been a couple in previous games where he's run where mm -hmm. he, the screen hasn't been there. Was that a coaching point to say, hey, let's not try to do too much here and ground it? What, what is that process? No, I like? think any time, you know, that, that the, the back can't get out, you got to burn the ball and, you know, live for another down. You know, you certainly don't want it to be throwing it too late because your lineman will be downfield and it'll create a penalty situation. But, uh, you know, I, I think those things come up for any quarterback, you know, trying to direct a screen game and trying to uh, make the proper decision, you know, and part of it's really, you know, setting the rush and ensuring that you're calling it, you know, correctly and the right down and distance. So you are getting the pass rush, you know, so that you can, your, so your screens are successful. At times, the screen may not be successful because you're not, you're not quite getting the rush that you project to get. Going back to Orchard, since if Kerrigan does come back, did you see, you guys like to rotate your linebackers, so do you see enough from him that he, be up on Sunday or just to that's get possible we just go through the week and see where we're at you know by Saturday and we'll make a decision going forward all right that is Redskins interim head coach Bill Callahan three and four as the interim coach and he takes his troops who are still technically alive at least until Thursday night and if the Cowboys lose on Thursday night uh, at Soldier Field against the Bears they'll be alive on Sunday afternoon when they head to Lambeau Field to take on Matt LaFleur Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. We'll come back, finish it up with Dwayne Haskins next. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, this is the Locked On Redskins Podcast. We finish it up with Redskins starting quarterback Dwayne Haskins getting set to make his fifth straight start and his seventh NFL game. You would talk the other day about getting through the progressions a little bit better and all that. Why do you feel that there's been a change in that? Is it is a matter of pre-snap, post-snap? Where do you feel the biggest change has been for you in, in able to get you to that point? Uh, probably to say the biggest thing is trusting my eyes and my feet and, um, you know, setting my eyes to one. If one's there, take it. If not, and move on in progression, not necessarily skipping over a read. I'm just feeling the progression and just um, taking it when it's there. Are you able to look guys off sooner because of what you're seeing as well? Yeah, um, 
definitely you can eliminate some reads pre-snap because of the coverages and be able to move on faster on certain plays because of what the coverage dictates for the read and progression. So I definitely feel myself doing that more as uh, I continue to play. With some of the sacks that you've taken, just is there a common theme that you've noticed, whether it's holding on to the ball too long, dropping back too far? Like, How can you kind of clean those up? Uh, sacks happen. Um, they're good, too. And um, probably just the biggest thing. Some of them are uh, self-inflicted, trying to make a play, extend it. Um, you know, not taking it down when I need to as fast as I can. And, you know, sometimes they get a good, good edge on us. So it happens. Pack, Packers, Lambeau Field, obviously legendary NFL team and, and place. What, what are your thoughts about getting to go up there and play in that environment? No, I'm really excited to go to Lambeau Field. Um, I know it's going to be very cold. Uh, i got a great fan base over there. I'm excited to go and play Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, and it's going to be a great opportunity for us. I imagine you've played in the cold before. Yeah, and haven't in, played in the Big Ten, played some secrets? cold games. Um, try to stay as warm as possible. Um, hand warmers, turtlenecks, soup, chicken broth, all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Dwayne, following up on some of the sacks and when you decide to run and not, what conversations are you having for those? And we saw one of the times where you took a nice slide as well. Is that something maybe you think about doing more before you see three defenders trying to take you down? And also, any anybody tell you anything about Preston Smith coming after you? Yeah, um, this is the college in me, having played with uh, Coach Meyer and then Mick Marotti. Used to having to put my shoulder down. So, um, now I'm getting told to slide and get down earlier, so that was just a testament uh, to my offensive coach who's trying to tell me to get down, especially uh, Case telling me to get down before I get hit. And um, Preston's played here before. He's a great player. I know he's excited to play against us, so we got to be, be able to prepare for him this week and um, looking forward to their playing their defense. they got good defense. And then, Dwayne, there was a sequence at the end of the first half against Carolina. You had three straight completions for first downs. What did you do or what allowed you to have success during those sequences, and how can you try to replicate that uh, going forward? Uh, just me and Logarst in the downfield with uh, the play concepts and um, having defenders and high-lowing people and um, just being able to play, play in rhythm. So that drive is a two-minute drill, and we're just moving the ball, pushing the ball down the field, and I feel like that's one of my strong suits. So I was very comfortable. I know you and Darius are cool. What did you kind of notice about how he approached um, coming back and getting back and having the success that he's having now? I mean, through that whole process of him going through rehab and all that kind of stuff? No, Darius? Yeah, I mean, Darius, he's, uh, he works hard, man. Um, every day he comes in, he brings energy to the room, to the locker room, to the team, and um, he never stops working, never stops going. He has, brings a whole bunch of energy, and he's just very infectious. So I'm just really excited he's doing well. When you look at, obviously, you're, there's going to be growth for your game from one week to the next, but when you look at like some of the reads, you're still going to see things you want to clean up. So when you look at the reads maybe that you're missing, how, few, how many fewer of those, are, I guess, are, do you feel you're missing in terms of, you know, are you coming away feeling better about it? So, well, I missed this one here, but a couple weeks ago I missed three more of those. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, I don't really feel myself missing too many reads. I think the biggest thing, sometimes I get a little too aggressive and I bypass a shorter uh, throw for a bigger throw, just trying to be aggressive in the game and trying to make something happen, especially in the red zone. So I'm just trying to figure out ways where I'm taking the check down when it's there faster, um, not moving on from a, a short route to throw a deeper route, um, just stuff like that. What are your impressions of Aaron Rodgers? And is that a guy that maybe you studied his game just looking at film Yeah, he's one of, my, one of my favorite quarterbacks. Um, I just, uh, just like um, the way he's able to distribute the ball over the field, um, the arm angles um, is able to just layer throws without even really have to use his feet. And um, he's a very dynamic quarterback, and he's a fun guy to study.
Kind of going off that, when you're going up against a guy like Rodgers who can put up points in a hurry, does that affect your mindset at all? Maybe make you want to be a little more aggressive on Sunday? Um, not necessarily. Um, you got to score points against anybody. Um, you got to score points to beat McCaffrey and the Panthers. And um, Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback. He's going to keep his team in every game he plays. Um, so we got to go in there scoring points. We know that. And um, there's, no, there's no press to outdo him or uh, to try to throw more than him. But I'm um, just trying to move the chains and, and make plays when it needs to be made. And hopefully that's a person in a situation to win the game. What have you seen from the way that they've been able to pick the ball off? Daniel Jones just had three against them. Um, and also maybe a side note, just thoughts that Daniel might not be playing as well since we know you guys are probably going to be forever connected. But just the defense, their ability, and their, their knack to be able to, if you throw it up, that they might be able to try and be right there for you. Um, they have a really good uh, secondary. Alexander is a really elite ball player. I played at Darnell Savage in college. Um, so uh, this is the NFL, so you leave the ball for anybody, they're going to take it. And um, that goes as far as with sacks, too. You have like 20-something sacks along with uh, both the Smith uh, edge rushers. So, um, you know, the biggest thing is just trying to take when it's there, moving the ball, moving around the pocket, protecting it, and um, making sure that you don't leave it up for grabs. Being able to win a couple of these games, what's that done for the mood around here and, and everybody's spirits? No, definitely. Um, winning some games definitely brings some energy and makes everyone um, have a little more pep in their step. Uh, we want to continue to win, and we're, we're working harder to figure it out. You hinted a little bit on Sunday after the game about how far back your relationship with Kelvin goes, that it actually goes back further than your relationship with Terry. Can you talk a little bit about that relationship, when it started, and also how your connection with him has developed this year as you guys have kind of climbed the depth chart at the same time? Yeah, Kevin and I are both from Jersey, and um, we played each other in um, some tournaments back in the day. Um, so we've known each other for a while, and um, camps and stuff like that, and having trained together for the pre-draft. And, um, you know, he does, me and him, just, we have a great connection together, and um, he's someone I like throwing to just because of his, his physical presence and um, his willingness to get better. We throw routes every day after practice and things like that. So having him and having Terry, and uh, even Steven, me and Steven are really close as well. So um, all three of those guys, we have a great connection. For, for Kelvin and Steven, are those guys that you probably have more reps with than anybody else just because you guys were backups earlier in the year and have, have climbed the depth chart together? Well, yeah, of course, um, us – Having to climb my way up the depth chart, we got a lot of reps in the mini camp and stuff like that. And of course, Terry and I have college reps, so um, all those guys I'm very familiar with. Bill said the other day that he felt like your feet and your eyes were in, more in sync than they had been in previous games. I know that you know you've been playing quarterback for a while, and that's not a big thing. But is it is it harder to get used to in an NFL pocket to make sure you're focusing on getting all that lined up and in sync? Pockets to pocket, you can't get involved with what's around you and looking down at the rush because then you won't be able to see the field. Um, I just think the biggest thing with me is just playing more calm, not rushing my eyes, my feet, because I feel like I'm late or um, not in rhythm. So now I'm just playing where my eyes and my feet tell me, and I'm just allowing the ball to rip when it's there. All right, that is Redskins starting quarterback Dwayne Haskins meeting with reporters at Redskins Park on Wednesday afternoon. This is the Locked on Redskins podcast. As always, follow me at WrestleMania621. Follow the podcast at Locked Redskins, at Locked Redskins. As well, you can read me, si.com slash NFL slash Redskins. And also listen to our Google News updates as part of Locked on Redskins one and five-minute reports on a daily basis, Monday through Friday, all about the Washington Redskins. That's going to do it for us. Have a great rest of your day. I'm Chris Russell. Adios. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.